her uh, with, and they, they travel with me now, and uh, my wife has a ministry in her own right, so she's going to come and greet us, as they say in the old school, uh, so uh, i come greet the people. You know, sometimes when he says old school, right before I come up, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> Good morning! We are so excited to be here. First of all, I love all the patriotic wear today that is super fun and inspiring. I stuck with my black, so there we are. Um, we are very excited to be here. We belong to an organization that we started almost 17 years ago called Christ Connection. And so we travel around the states and internationally teaching people about prayer. Now, all of you just went, and I lost a couple of you, but we really believe that prayer is enjoyable, exciting, and life-changing. Yes. When you connect with the God of the universe, nothing can stop you. So I'm going to share a little bit about what God's teaching me, and then I'm going to give the microphone back in like 20 minutes. So, <laughs> so this year, I am, believe it or not, I am a half glass empty person. I have a really, really hard time looking at the positive side of life. It is something I struggle with. In fact, I love my mother, but my mother is a half glass empty and it's leaking everywhere person. We know worst case scenario in every scenario. I can walk here and I'm like, okay, worst case scenario, I can tell you what's gonna happen. And this year, when 2020 hit, I lost my job of 16 years. And like many of us, our whole lives flipped upside down. And God said, it's time for you to go on the road with Kevin. At that point, I was the main breadwinner. And God's like, nope, it's time to go on the road. And so I have spent two years pretty much surviving. Okay, let's be honest. I have spent 45 years waking up in the morning and going, I can make it, we can do this. I can do this, Lord, I can do this. And this year, God gave me a word for the church, across the nations, and for myself. And he said, it's time to stop surviving. It's time to start thriving. Hallelujah. It is time to step outside of we can make it and start making a difference in our own lives with God. And one of those ways, I was just down there, and I have, and I felt like God was saying, it's time to be strong and courageous. When life throws what he threw at Israel, when you look back at Joshua, which is one of my favorite books in the Bible, when you look back, they had just lost Moses and they had no idea what to do. Anybody in a season of loss, in a season of, Lord, I do not see your plan right now. I do not understand what you're doing. And God calls us to be strong and courageous. So one of the ways I've been thinking about this is we went to Disney World a long time ago. It's been a lot of years. My daughter, who's now 15, was four. So she's about this tall, because we're short people in our family. Um, she's about this tall, and we're sitting there, and we're at the parade. Have you ever been in a big parade where you can barely see? And she's peeking between legs to see all the people. She's trying to watch it and see the little characters go by and the big balloons and all the craziness happening. And my brother, who's 6'2", or 6'3", he might be upset that I got the wrong size lifts her up on his shoulders, and her whole perspective changed. She could see everything. And I think that's what God calls us to be. God calls us to lean on him and get on his shoulders and have his perspective of our world, and it will change. So this year, as you're walking through and you get into a time of being strong and courageous, 
Go to the Lord and say, put me on your shoulders. I need to see what you see, Lord. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Amen. Thank you. And if you are, since she joined the team, we took the step of faith for her to join the team. She has written her first book. It's called The Unnamed Zookeeper, uh, which if you're wondering who the unnamed zookeeper, that would be Noah's wife. Uh, she doesn't get her name in the Bible, but she was involved in the whole process. And some of you may feel like uh, Noah's wife. You feel unseen in the world. And uh, that's kind of the heart of what Jenny wrote this book was to be an encouragement to those who feel unseen. Different uh, ladies of the Bible uh, went through and kind of told their story from a woman's perspective. And uh, who would like this cup? Samantha, come Actually, just come and give it to somebody. Whoever it is. I'm not throwing it at you because that was the whole point of me not throwing these things because uh, my my athletic skills are lacking a little bit, you know. So that's it. Uh, and if you're if you're a podcast person, you can also find uh, Jenny online at Real Life with Jenny. Uh, that's uh, her podcast, which God is using around the world, uh, 45 different countries, all but one state uh, has downloaded it, and so uh, we're grateful for God, how God is using. Uh, let's pray. Jesus, in the next few moments, I pray that your word would shake our hearts and our lives and cause us to move with you at a new level. We need you in a desperate way. So help us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can stay there for now. Just, just a second. I'm going to put you to work. That's why you came. Uh, my message this morning uh, is entitled... Summer of Miracles, entering the summer of miracles. Uh, one of the things that we have as a ministry, we're a ministry of faith and walking, uh, trusting God to provide. And so last year and now going into this year, summer's kind of our uh, you know, fundraising time to trust God and see with one time of gifts. But as I was preparing for this morning, I felt like God had, and this is not my normal title for my message, but I felt it was God's word for you guys. Uh, that this message that he gives you is an opportunity to enter into a summer of miracles. Praise so God. what God could do in and through you as you begin to walk with him. And so uh, just to set the stage, we're going to talk prayer this morning. And now I have to explain a couple things as we're getting started because uh, I have to explain it everywhere I go. Uh, first of all, uh, your pastor just introduced me by my first name. <laughs> Uh, that's because he was a chicken. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, and the last name is Senapati Ratna. Uh, say, say it again. Senapati Ratna. Yeah. It's, a, uh, it's one of those tiny names that just rolls off your tongue. That's <laughs> not mine, anyways. It rolls off my tongue really well. Uh, Senapati Ratna is uh, actually a Sri Lankan name. If you're familiar with India, as a V shape. There's an island country there called Sri Lanka. And. That is uh, where the name comes from. That's where my dad is from. And if you were to go there, uh, travel around a beautiful place, and I lived there for four years as a missionary kid, you would not find many Senapati Ratnas. The reason you wouldn't find many Senapati Ratnas is because my great-grandfather made up the name. <coughs> he made up the name because he thought his name beforehand was boring. <coughs> So thank you, Grandpa. No longer have a boring name. <laughs> and now I tell you that with purpose this morning. First, I have to explain my name, but also because I, maybe it's hearing that all my life, maybe it's in my DNA. But I have come to believe that life, 
was not designed to be boring. And as I read this book, Christianity for sure was not designed to be boring. Prayer was never designed to be boring. But too many people, as I travel around this country, are having a boring prayer life, having a boring Christianity. And it was never designed to be that way. You were meant to enjoy your time with God. You were meant to enjoy being with Him and going on an adventure with Him, which leads to the other thing I need to explain, which is why I'm wearing superhero shirts this morning. Uh, first of all, I'm wearing a superhero shirt this morning because I thought the rest of you were going to be wearing superhero shirts this morning. Uh, thank you, Robert. At least someone got the memo, you know, but... Uh, no, that's not true. I, I wear this for a couple of reasons. First of all, uh, I wear it because I'm a nerd, all right? Uh, now, one of the chapter titles in my first book, Enjoying Prayer, is Embrace the Nerd Within. Okay, that is who I am. That's who I've always been. Now, you can give that to Robert over there because he's wearing a superhero shirt. So, see, that's why I don't throw it. I've embraced the nerd within, not the athlete within, all right? Uh, so, uh, I, no, I'm... I wear this because uh, I'm a nerd, and this makes me feel comfortable. We have about you know 100 hours yet to drive today to get back to Minnesota. No, that's not real, but uh, so I, I can take this off in jeans and a t-shirt, so that's really comfortable. Uh, but no, the real reason I wear this is because as I travel around speaking on the subject of prayer, there's an idea that has crept into the church, and it's the idea that there are super Christians, and then there's the rest of us. There's those people that wake up in the morning and float to the bathroom, we imagine, you know. Uh, they're the ones who uh, have, uh, have it all together and pray those amazing prayers that, you know, we're just, we're just like, wow, that's so cool. You know, they're the ones who pray those prayers that go something like this. I come before thy throne of grace and falleth upon my face. I know that I am but as a worm, so step on me, God, and watch me squirm. No, 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 not, not exactly like that. But they pray these amazing prayers, and it's like, I can't pray like that, so why even bother? And the moment you say, so why even bother, is the moment you've been lied to. The God who spun the world into existence likes to spend time with you. Amen. My latest book, not just for super Christians here. All right, let me hand this to you. Go, go find someone to give it to, and then you can go say with your mother. I, 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 I mailed him a copy. So he already got a copy of that one. But uh, uh, it's not supposed to be just for super Christians. It's supposed to be all of us get to go and be with him, get to enjoy his company, get to walk into his presence. Uh, Psalms chapter 25 and verse 14 says this. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him. He makes known to them his covenant. The friendship of the Lord. Think about that. So some translation says he, he confides in those. Isn't that amazing? He confides in those. And I could talk... I literally could talk for the next three hours about all sorts of aspects of prayer. But as I was preparing for this morning, if we were going to go down the buffet table of all the different types of prayer, the one that the Lord led me to for this morning, for this church, <clears throat> is the fact 
that prayer is most fun when it's not a monologue, but a dialogue. When we get to hear from him. That's where he say friendship with the Lord and he confides in us. Imagine that, the God who spun the world into uh, orbits and it just calls each of the stars by name, likes to confide in you. Not just the person across the aisle, he likes to talk to you. And the key to enjoying prayer, or one of the keys to enjoying prayer and to walking into new miracles is daring yourself to listen to him. And let him speak to you and tell you stuff. Now I, I felt that, I, that even this morning as I, as I was preparing or kind of final prep, uh, you know, I'm new here, we're, we're just getting to know each other, and when someone talks about listening to God, then there is a lot of the spirit of weird that has gone around the body of Christ, okay? But there is just, and I was a pastor for nine years before starting this, and so I don't want to give you a headache, okay? I used to have hair, okay? Let's think about this. Because I, I mean, I he gives people say, you know, listen to God and do what he tells you, and then all the crazies come up, okay? I, I don't, I don't that for you, so I, because you have less amazing hair, by the way, but I, 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 a little hair in you there, but anyways, I, I, the reason that I still want to free you, so let me just give you a couple thoughts about this subject before we dive into the actual part of listening to God, and the first part is when you hear something from God, <laughs> Well, sometimes we think, okay, now I need to go tell so-and-so. You know, it's the first thing is like, I'm going to have a thus stay at the Lord moment with someone else. Okay, I'm going to go up to them and say, you know, give this word from heaven for them. And uh, this is our first time ever hearing from God. Now, I want you to imagine that you're standing on a bridge or in front of a bridge. And the person that God gives you something about when you're praying, he gives you an idea, a picture, something. They're on the other side of that bridge. You're standing here, and they're standing on the other side of the bridge. The bridge represents your relationship with that other person. And what you, the word that you have from God is like a rock that you have to carry. And you need to examine the strength of that bridge or the strength of that relationship before you carry the, the thing over. Because if there's not a strength to that relationship, you're going to crash and burn. You're going to fall to the ground because the relationship doesn't have the strength there yet. And if you, some, some relationships are stronger and you can walk across easily. Other relationships are not <clears throat> as strong. And you just need to probably stay on the other side and pray for long, a little bit longer. And say, hey, God, God, you may, God may show you something. God may tell you something. You just stay there and pray. Because you don't have the bridge necessary to walk across and give that to the person on the other side. And the second thing, as we begin to walk, and just this, this is just about that part of, uh, if God gives you something to some, for someone else, for Jesus' sake, and that's not being facetious. For Jesus' sake, walk in humility, please. Lord, please walk in humility when you come up to somebody else. 
Because uh, that's what happens when this kind of stuff begins to, when God begins to speak to us, we get excited, we go over to someone's, and we're like, Thus saith the Lord God, you need to move yourself to Africa. You know, and they're like, what? You know, what's, what's going on here? You know, I don't have any, I don't even hardly know you. What is going on here? Maybe you go up to them, you sit down and say, you know, whatever their name is, John, Sally, I'm just beginning to grow in my experience of listening to God. And so I, I, I may be getting this wrong here. See, see how this is going? I, I may be getting this wrong. I'm still learning. And as I, But as I was praying, I, and I was praying for you, and I love you and I appreciate you, that, and I, so I was praying for you, and, and as I was praying for you, I, this picture came to my mind of a map, and the map had this... I, picture of Africa and I don't know what that means I could be uh, totally wrong I could have been eating pizza or, you know some you know, weird or whatever uh, but here can we talk about this what does this even mean to you because first of all you may have interpreted what that uh, picture of Africa to mean something that uh, had maybe God has burdened them with something uh, about some missionary in Africa that they're supposed to pray for or supposed to give to or, or whatever that is. So, uh, allowing that conversation space allows for God to move in there and who knows what God would do in that space as you begin. But the fun part is you don't have to do any of this to start with. You could go all summer with God just say, God speak to me. And you could have an adventure of a lifetime this summer. As you say, God, speak to me about what you would want me to do. As your pastor talked about uh, last week when he was talking about uh, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. This is the fun that we get to have. This is the fun that the Bible invites us into. That ordinary people like us can hear from God. And he can send us down the road, into the desert, to speak to some one random person. Yes. Think about it. This week, if you say, God, speak to me, he may send you to somebody in Walmart, for crying out loud, and, and, and that might be a miracle in and of itself, but it was, and, and allow him to speak through you. Why not us? It doesn't have to stay in the book of Acts. It's not, that's not meant, we didn't, Luke didn't write the book of Acts just so we feel good about our history. He wrote it so that we can get involved in the process. Yeah. And, and the beauty of this, now, uh, Jenny was talking about Moses, and I'll get to that in a second, but uh, the verse in, section for a chair, this is good. Uh, uh, there is a verse in uh, Galatians chapter, uh, I'll give you the reference, 525, says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let me read that again. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Have you ever gone on a walk with somebody? Uh, now, I, I like to go for walks. And, and what it, you know, we're from Minnesota, so there's like you know two weeks a year that we can go outside. But uh, on, those, uh, on those great weeks that we do, do get to go outside and walk, uh, it's just nice to be outside, smell the fresh air, and we as you're walking with someone, keeping in step with someone, there's a danger 
One is that you run ahead. And that is kind of sometimes my tendency when God speaks to me. God says something about what I'm supposed to do, and then I start filling in the gaps. I'm like, okay, I can make a 10-year plan out of this. Here we go. Boom, 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 boom. And here's the next step. And I just start walking. And we get ahead of what the Spirit is saying. Just as dangerous, though, is lagging behind. We're, we're sitting, you're all in, sitting in your, your, your assigned seats for Sunday morning. And, and you're like, and if you're like any other congregation, maybe you all sit, change seats every week. But yeah, you're sitting there and you're like, God's up there, but I'm in this comfortable chair. This is where I always sit, and God's moving. And you're like, I thought our theme song was I Shall Not Be Moved. You know, like, I, I, I'm comfortable here. Lord, Lord why, why are you up there? You know what, this is, this is, this is my chair. This is, I'm going to hold on to this chair. And, I, I, and he's like, right, can we go now? Is, is it, can we just take a step forward? Just one step forward from where we were. Because the danger of walking with God is, I, I was raised in church all my life. I, I like to joke that I was born on Saturday and in church on Sunday. You know, I was, I was one of those kids. Although, to be fair, I was born on Saturday and was not in church on Sunday. <clears throat> uh, but my mother assures me I was there the next weekend. She, she telling me about multiple times. You know, you were there. I'm like, Mom, it's fine. I, I'm following Jesus. It's okay. Uh, but uh, she... You know, I'm, I'm there in church, so I've, I've seen it, seen it all. To, you know, and our tendency is to get comfortable with what we've done in the past. Even as leaders, my tendency is to do things the way I've already done them before. Because that's the way I, I, I'm comfortable with. And God's saying, I have something new for you to do. A new place for you to walk in. A new... And, and, and it's, we don't like it because we're comfortable over there. I'm comfortable over there. I like, my, even this year, God's like, hey, here's how you've done your devotions for you know, a while. It's, it's time to switch it up. And I'm like, I know how to do this. You know, this is my routine. And our routines become ruts that keep us from the presence of God. So we have to say, God, whatever you want for us, wherever you want us to go, but I'll leave my chair and keep in step. With the Spirit. Jenny mentioned Joshua. Think about when you talk about miracles and God doing amazing things. Think about Moses and Joshua and those that time period. Imagine that you are there when the crossing of the Red Sea happens. And you picture that in your mind. You're going to the place. Uh, you're coming out of Egypt and you're coming to uh, the place where the Red Sea is and all of a sudden there's this army behind you and the army behind you uh, is not coming with a friendly conversation piece. You know, they're, they're, they're not happy with you at this moment. There's a mountain this side, mountain that side and you're, you're looking at this water in front of you and uh, how do you cross a body of water with a whole group of people here? And so God uses Moses and he walks into the water and we don't staff thing. Hey, sound old sound effects here. You, know, you can make your own sound effects when you, you know, and, and, and there's water 
on either side, and, and then they walk through on dry ground. I just imagine there's you know the, the, the fish looking over and like, wow, this is different. Anyway, so they, as they're walking through on the dry, dry, dry ground, and, and they get to the other side, and, and and then they're in the desert for forty years. Now, Joshua is Moses's assistant. And I can pretty much guarantee you that Joshua has heard this story of walking into the Red Sea a hundred times. You know, every meeting, you know, uh, Moses is judging the people and he's having a, you know, and he's like, you remember the time when I walked into the into the, the middle of the Red Sea and, and the waters parted? Or it was a board meeting and, and Joshua's standing there and he's like, hey, hey, who is the guy who walked into the middle of the water? And, and you know, he's heard the story. They're at the uh, they're at the campsite at the end of the night, and some you know new kids are there that are younger and uh, you know, like, it's story time. Moses is like, you remember the time that I walked into the water? I mean, he, he, he's like, oh yeah. And Joshua's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard the story before. Uh, now he's heard it a hundred times. And then Moses is gone. And as, as Jenny mentioned, it's now Joshua's time. And the first assignment that Joshua is given is to cross a body. And did Joshua go back to the manual that he had written and pull out the story and grab a stick and say, I'm going to walk into a body of water and put the staff? No. He went back to the presence of God and says, what do you want me to do? And God had a different plan for him. His job was to take the ark and walk in there. And then years later, decades later, Elijah and Elisha are coming to a body of water. And do they do either of the things? No, Elijah takes off his robe and goes, Wah! And the wine, oh, that's not that's not in your Bible. But hey, it's kind of that idea. Wah! And it hits the water and the water's part. Because it was a new miracle for a new season. A new a, a new time. They hear each had to hear God's voice for themselves. Later, Jesus needed to cross the body of water. He just decided to walk right on top. You know, it's like, let's just do something different here. He walks right on top. And some of you are missing out on the adventure with God because he's calling you to go back and listen and say, what do you have for me this week? I've done it this way before, but God wants to use you. Teenager, God wants to use you. Uh, senior, say God wants to use you. There's, as long as we have breath in our lungs, God's got something for you to do. And the only way to know what he's going to do is if, as you listen to him and say, God, speak to me. And prayer all of a sudden becomes a whole lot more fun, becomes a whole lot more enjoyable. And I'm not saying this from a standpoint of some, uh, you know, theoretical, you know, uh, this is a nice thing. No, we're, we're living in a place. Uh, as, as Jenny said two years ago, uh, she gave you the short, shorter version, or her perspective version of it. Uh, she lost her job, and then uh, 
you know, we're going to the presence of God and say, God, what do you want us to do? Because, as she said, her job supported my hobby of ministry. You know, so, hey, that's how we worked it. And, and, and so God says, it's time for Jenny to join the ministry. And I'm like, that's great, God, but well, how's that going to work out? You know, there's just the math problem here I'm having. How are you going to do this? And God didn't really seem to care what I thought about the equation. So, yeah, so we took that step of faith and we began to move. And, and it's month by month, sometimes it's, you know, I have this board for our ministry and I'll, I'll send them, okay, we got a six that six month runway now. This is this is where yeah, we'll hit the trees in six months. God willing, we don't do it. You know, I mean that's kind of how we're uh, how we're walking. And the funny thing about it, maybe not so funny to me some days, but uh, God's like, hey, now that you've got this, you know, a couple years, uh, let's take it to the next level. You know, let's let's, let's uh, and so we've always had a dream to take. Uh, two to three trips a year overseas to support missionaries and do prayer trips and things like that. And God's like, now's the time. You know, and I got you in 16 years when she had a job. We could have done that. That'd be great, you know. Uh, but let's do it now. I mean, and so God, you know, well, one of our heart cries is to go to any church in the United States, no matter the size. And and so, uh, you know, we've been doing this for 16 years and now, you know, like Connecticut calls. This is okay. Let's come out there. I got to fly there, people. You know, you can't just. Roll a boat or whatever, you know. So we gotta get. Uh, and I'm like, God, that's the way I was designed to live, though. I want to go where you want me to go. I want to be where you want me to be. I want to uh, speak what you want me to speak, even if it takes me outside my comfort zone. Even if it takes me to a place where uh, I, I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't know how it's going to be. And that's what I felt God wanted to, to invite you into. Because when you say, God, speak to me and speak through me, miracles can happen. Miracles can happen through you. Not just the super Christians that you're all impressed by. You're thinking this message is for them. You know, it's for teenagers who say, Jenny and I are part of a youth group of about 300 people. Uh, in, the, in our youth group. And the slogan was, we're going to be a youth group that's known for going after God, not for the largest ice cream sundae. There's nothing wrong with ice cream sundaes, uh, unless you're lactose intolerant. But uh, it was the idea we're going to be, and I have been in rooms, I'm not going to take the time this morning, but I've been in rooms, or we were in the youth group. I'm just going to give you a snippet, where there was a lady who was paralyzed from the waist down, and she, the paralysis had started her feet and was moving up and she uh, was pregnant and they thought she was going to lose the baby. And she came to one of our youth camps because she was one of the leaders and they sat about right there. And at the end of the, the service, there was a prayer time. And as and the uh, speaker was up here talking to one of the teenagers who was ministering there and the youth pastor was uh, over on the side here, uh, praying, I believe, and one by one, junior hires and high schoolers begin to lay hands on her. And the youth pastor uh, told me later, he was over there praying because he's like, "What am I going to do when uh, Michelle doesn't get healed? Because <coughs> uh, I need to, I need to be able to t tell these the youth that are all one by one praying for her." And as uh, 
uh, Michelle's sitting there in the wheel, like you know, in a chair, and her husband, who's newly saved, is, is uh, has his hands on her shoulders, and at one point he's a newer Christian and he gets baptized in the Holy Spirit as he's just standing there, and at that moment Michelle feels her toes for the first time. Oh, and in a little bit, a while, someone says it's time for you to walk. And so she gets up and begins running around the sanctuary yeah. as teenagers laid their hands on her. And I was in the room. Yes. God is no respecter of persons. God is saying, I will take this. And this is not in my notes. Because uh, I felt like God was calling some of you to the next level with him. And I told Jenny, as I right before we start, I'm going to go rogue for my notes because I just sensed. There's something in this room for you guys that she wants you to take it to the next level. Uh, But you you can feel so comfortable with where you're at. And I understand that comfort, but God wants to take you on an adventure with him. He wants to use you like you've never even thought possible. He wants to use you in a way that as you go before him, and you kneel... Or don't kneel, but you're in that posture of saying, God, I need you. He gives you a small thought. And it may say, be simple as, email this person that I'm praying for you. How many times God's laid that on my heart. And in that moment, I had, I remember someone, uh, I sent that to them and they, I didn't hear from them in a long time. They finally replied back and said I couldn't reply at that time, but I was going through a miscarriage in that moment. And God, this was someone I hadn't even talked to in years, and God laid on my heart. That's the excitement we get to do. That's what we get to be involved in. I mentioned how how God's calling us overseas. So last November, we went as a family to. Uh, as a family to Brussels, Belgium, uh, which is where we have an Assemblies of God Bible College there. And so we did a week uh, with the students there, teaching them on prayer and uh, leading them through time. And as we were there, we had the opportunity to go over to, to Amsterdam, uh, Netherlands and uh, Amsterdam. And, uh, and while we were in the Netherlands, we took a, a train out to this smaller town called Harlem. And while we're in Harlem, Harlem is one of those picturesque, you know, what you imagine a European town, you know. And it was, <clears throat> it was a nicer day, and so we're walking down the cobblestone streets, and uh, you go into, there was a, uh, a flea market there, you know, and, and so it, I, uh, Samantha and I are looking for samples. You know, that's, what, that's father-daughter stuff that is the finest right there. Uh, and we're looking for the samples, and we go through the farmers, and we go down this alley, and, and then there's one cobblestone street. You walk around the corner, and there's this red door. You go into the red door, and it's a old watch shop. And I mean, it used to be a watch shop. And so it's, we're taking this tour of, and this family of watchmakers were in a, you know, just doing their thing. There's. Uh, Two adult ladies in their 40s uh, were helping their dad with the watch shop. And uh, then the World War II broke out. And they began to hear of what was happening to the Jews. 
And so they began to try to get the Jews to safety. And so while they, they stay at their house, while they're being, uh, being moved, and this uh, family, the, the Ten Boons, uh, were uh, had a, a, what they called a hiding place. And so uh, if you'd like to read the full story, you can either watch the movie uh, or the book called The Hiding Place. But uh, we got to see the, this, uh, Corey Ten Boon was one of the sisters, and uh, they had this place in there where they would hide the Jews, and then they send them on. And they got, eventually got caught. And the family went off to concentration camp. And they were just doing what they felt God wanted them to do in that situation, being obedient to that. And they got a concentration camp, and uh, the sister said before she died to Corey, we need to spread this message around the world. And so when Corey got out of the concentration camp, she did travel around the world telling the story of what they experienced and what they went through. But Corey Ten Boon said this. Corey Ten Boon said, Is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? Think about that for a second. Is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? Nothing wrong with asking God for stuff. Nothing wrong with, uh, with uh, bringing our needs to him. That's a whole part of prayer that I didn't have time for this morning. But is it your steering wheel? Is something that you say, God, lead me to where you want me to go. Would be, how, how, would you, how would you have me to act this week? What are the assignments for this day, this weekend? What does he have for you? That's when it gets fun. That's when it gets exciting. So here's how we're going to close. I know sometimes you come to the altar, but so I, I felt God wanted us to close today. Would you stand with me? And just in this moment... I'm going to do two things you know, quickly and we'll uh, be done. I want you just in this moment to ask God a simple question. When in the next 24 hours can I take 10 minutes to listen? Ask him, just kind of close yourself in with God, close your eyes and say, God, when in the next 24 hours can I have 10 minutes with you to listen? And when that thing comes to your mind, I'm going to ask you to commit to God. Give that space. Whatever that space is, and where that, and you take in, go to your Bible and the notebook. Take that time to listen and see what He would have for you to do. And I'm going to do one other thing. I want to pray a blessing over you. If you just put out your hands like you're receiving a gift, Lord, I pray for this church. You put this word on my heart, not because it's the normal message you have. This is something you're calling this church to. The possibility of adventure with you this summer is amazing. And so, Lord, I'm asking for miracles. I'm asking for signs and wonders through ordinary people who take time to listen to you. I pray for bravery 
as Jenny said, strong and courageous. I pray that they would step outside their comfort zone. I pray for a church that would be filled with people who are listening ears and walking out in love. I pray, oh God, that you would bless this church. Lord, by the end of the summer, they would be amazed at how you used them. Ordinary, not super Christians. So Lord, bless them, I pray. As they go from this place, even in the next 24 hours, and they take some time to listen, 10 minutes to listen, I pray that you would speak and speak clearly and they would walk in humility and see what you would do. We bless them now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. If you would like to uh, take a, a moment to uh, some time in the, 